I'm a covenant man. Living in the riches of my Lord and King, I'm a covenant man. Committed to Him in everything I do believe He'll come again. And I know one thing I'm gonna do till then is learn to live in the blessing of Abraham. Hello, everyone. This is the Covenant Living Broadcast. I'm David Weeder. This is Lynn Weeder. She's much better looking of the two of us. Let's have a word of prayer, and then we're going to get right into the study of the Word today. Father, we thank you for this an opportunity to share your Word. We're so grateful, so honored to be able to come into people's homes and into their lives. And we just thank you that every person that watches these broadcasts, hears them on radio or podcasts or however they're being listened to or viewed, that not one person will be unaffected by the power of the living God through His Word, through the teaching and the anointed preaching of the Word. We thank you that people will be healed, delivered, set free, and learn how to live as you have destined and intended for us to live. Glory to God. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Come on in. Pull up a chair. Grab your Bible and notebook. We're going to get into the study of the Word. If you haven't watched last week's broadcast yet, you probably want to go back and, and, and watch that. It's a good, good foundation. Each one of these will, you know, you can listen to them individually, of course, but it just makes more sense and flows together and pieces build on one another. And so it's really beneficial for you to go back and watch last week's broadcast. Well, and especially this outline was one big outline. <laughs> it was, yeah. that then we're like, okay, I think we can make a break right there. So yeah. it absolutely builds on each other. Absolutely. This outline, I mean, honestly, when the Lord just started putting it together and putting it together, I mean, this outline could be used for a conference. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we're going to start off in Deuteronomy chapter 11. This is our foundation scripture for these studies. And so turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 11, and we're going to begin in verse 10, read down through verse 21. For the land whither thou goest in to possess it is not as the land of Egypt from whence you came out, where thou sowest thy seed and waterest it with thy foot as a garden of herbs. But the land whither you go to possess it is a land of hills and valleys and drinketh water of the rain of heaven, a land which the Lord thy God careth for. The eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it from the beginning of the year even until the end. Glory to God. And it shall come to pass if you shall hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all of your heart and with all of your soul, that I will give you the rain of your land in his due season, the first rain or the former rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in thy corn, be well fed, and thy wine and thine oil. And I will send grass in thy fields for thy cattle that thou mayest eat and be full. Take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived and you turn aside to serve other gods and worship them. And the Lord's wrath be kindled against you and he shall shut up the heaven that there be no rain and that thy land yield not her fruit unless you perish quickly from off the good land. It was a good land that the Lord gives you. Therefore you shall lay up these my words 
in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand that they may be as frontless between your eyes and ye shall teach them your children. Speaking of them, when you sit in your house, when you walk in the way, when you lie down, when you get up, and you shall write them upon the doorposts of thine house and upon thine gates, that, this is the purpose for all of this, that your days may be multiplied and the days of your children in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon the earth. That was God's will for mankind in the Garden of Eden. It was God's will in the promised land that this passage is talking about, and it's His will for us today. As we talked about last week, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 mm -hmm. tells us that these things were written down for our examples and for our admonition. For us to learn from it. Exactly right. That's not just to read about it as a, fun, as, as a fun fairy tale or something, but to learn from these things because what was a type and shadow in the Old Testament is for our reality today. And we talked about what Egypt was. We talked about what the baptism through the cloud and the water and the sea was. And we talked about the promised land not being a type and shadow of heaven, but being a type and shadow of the life we supposed to live right here on this earth as baptized, Holy Spirit baptized believers. And we went through and, and showed scripturally last week exactly why that is the case. That it's talking about the days that the Holy Spirit come upon all flesh. And that is just exceedingly important. As a matter of fact, and, and let me put this in right here. If you're not familiar with what all the Holy Spirit does, his Job description, more or less. You know, how do you get the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit overflowing in your life? Go back in our archives, particularly on our YouTube channel, which is just youtube.com backslash David Weeder Ministries. Go back. I did an eight-part series on the Holy Spirit, who He is, what He does, why is He in our lives. And, you, and so if you're not familiar with that, we're not teaching, that's not the purpose of these teachings. Just from the standpoint of this is the promised land is the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the life that we are to be living through that power. So if you're not familiar, please go back, go through those teachings. You'll be glad you did. So that being said, now we're ready to go on. And I want, the first thing I want to point out, I want you to notice the contrast between Egypt and the promised land in these scriptures. You'll notice in verse 10, let me get back up there. In verse 10, it talks about the land of Egypt from whence you came out, where thou sowest thy seed and waterest it with thy foot as a garden of herbs. Now, Lynn talked a little bit about this last week. The fact that you just had to make that ground produce harvest. Mm -hmm. You had to sow your seed, and then they had this irrigation system that you had. When it talks about watered with your foot, they had a contraption to where you walked along the irrigation system, and it brought the water up out of the Nile and irrigated the fields. And every bit of it was work and toil 
and the sweat of your brow, you know. And but but look at look at the comparison. That was Egypt, but the promised land that the Lord wanted to put you in, starting in verse eleven here. But the land whether you go to possess it is a land of hills and valleys and drinketh water of the rain of heaven. Now remember, you had to sow, you had to water, you had to do everything in Egypt. A land which the Lord thy God cares for. The eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it from the beginning of the year even until the end. So this is something that God is doing for them. Bringing that increase... Absolutely. Watering the land, his eyes on the land, caring for it, intending for it. Look here in and verse... And it even says from the beginning of the year, even unto the end. There's not a dry season. Yeah, your year may have started off not too good, <laughs> but that doesn't mean it can't end up spectacularly wonderful. Look at verse 14. The talk, Still talking about the land. That I, God will give you the rain in the land in his due season, the first rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in thy corn. Now, they're still, they're still gathering. Mm-hmm. There's still so harvest still, that you have to do. Yeah, they planted, mm-hmm. but God's the one. God's the one that There's gives the increase. something we'll be talking about in one of these broadcasts, <laughs> about, and God gives the increase. God gives the increase. Glory to God. And then notice verse 15 again. He says, and I will send the grass in thy fields for thy cattle. He's causing it to grow. The crops are abundant because he's doing it. You're not having to toil and make it happen. And in Egypt, they were barely surviving. There was Mm -hmm. barely enough food. And this says that thou mayest eat and be full, Mm -hmm. not eat to survive. Exactly. That's exactly right. And this, (laughs) this is such a powerful example of where we are this very day, these very times. Let's go back. This whole thing is talking about the promised land. So let's go back to Numbers. Uh, We were there last week and we're going back there this week. Numbers chapter 13. And this time I want to look at the very first two voices, two voices, two verses (laughs) and point something out here. And the Lord, this is Numbers 13, 1 and 2. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel, of every tribe of their fathers, shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. Now most people focus on the fact that this is where the twelve were sent out and everything. But don't miss something very important in this verse. See what he said in verse 2? This is God speaking. Send thou men that thou may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. This land was to be a gift. It was already, I mean, as far as God's, it's theirs. Right. He gives it to them. Now, go on down and let's look at verse 30. We see in verse 30 again, and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it. So it's not that they weren't able. It, I mean, you know, 10 of the 12 thought so, mm-hmm. but that wasn't the case. As a matter of fact, if you go on over to the next chapter, 
in uh, chapter 14 and go on down in verse 7. Uh, and Joshua and Caleb, they're both talking here, and they spoke unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, the Lord, the land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. Mm -hmm. Again, we're seeing the parallel. It's giving. It's a gift. I will do this. I will send the rain. I will cause the, the harvest to come. And yet, in this day and time, with pandemics, epidemics, economy this, money that, we see the same pattern. We had 12 spies that went out and searched the land. They all saw the same, the same things. They saw the grapes, they saw the figs, they saw the pomegranates, they all saw the giants. They all saw the, wall, the walled cities. They all saw the same thing, but 10 of the 12 were consumed with fear. Well, and something interesting is 10 reported the bad. Yeah. Reported as in news reporters. Absolutely. The media, all is, these were the media of the time, but, but they were all God's people. We're not even talking about worldly people here. They're, I mean, worldly people do what worldly people do. Right. Okay. These were all God's people and still they focused on what couldn't be done. The majority, 10 out of the 12, only two stood up and saw the truth that this was a gift from God that we are well able to possess. And if you go on down, you actually see where the majority, the masses, if you, if you will, rose up, the media. <laughs> to stone the two that were disagreeing that said a positive report, we can do this. The two that stood up knowing the truth of the word of God, knowing that he's not gonna give us a land and then kill us. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that were persecuted, prosecuted, and wanted to be stoned. Now, we're seeing exactly the same today. But Caleb and Joshua are the ones that go down as faith giants, and they're the number you want to be counted amongst, my brother and sister. They stand up with the truth. And here's what they didn't know. And this is where it's so important to walk by faith. We don't find this out until the book of Joshua. Mm-hmm. But the Lord is not going to give a land without preparing a way. Go over to Joshua. Uh, let's see. Well, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Before you go over to Joshua, go ahead and look back to Deuteronomy 11. I want to show you something that he says about this. Deuteronomy uh, chapter 11, and go ahead and go on down further than we have before. Go on down to verse 23. And I want to point out something very interesting here. It's still talking about this promised land, and it says, Then will the Lord drive out all these nations from before you, and you shall possess greater nations and mightier than yourselves. Every place 
whereon the soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours from the wilderness of Lebanon and Lebanon from the river, the river Euphrates, even until the uttermost sea shall your coast be. Now listen to this in verse 25. Get your catchers out. Pay attention. There shall no man be able to stand before you before the for the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land that you shall tread upon as he has said unto you. Make note of that. He will lay the fear and the dread of you. Now go over to the book of Joshua and I want to show you <laughs> on something. <laughs> Joshua chapter 2. Now look. The, 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 the two spies went in there at Rahab, the harlot's place, and word got out. The king's coming, sending to get the guys. Rahab hit him on the top of the roof, and she comes to him. Now listen to what she says. And she said unto the men, this is verse 9 of Joshua chapter 2. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord has given. It's already happened. The Lord has given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side, Jordan, Shion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. Listen to this. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in the earth beneath. This was in the walled city that they reported back. Mm -hmm. And God had already given them the land. So he had already prepared. They wouldn't have, they didn't, or they didn't. But if they'd have gone back, they wouldn't have had to fire a shot. They were all terrified of him, just like he said he would lay the fear and terror of them. That's walking by faith. Faith is, they didn't know that word had gone forward and that these people were terrified of them. They had to walk by faith, and only two of them did it. Well, and the evil report was, oh, they see us as grasshoppers. Well, did they talk to them? Nope, they didn't. They were imagining. They were using their imagination. How do these people see us? Well, this tells us how they really saw them. Mm -hmm. Your imagination is given to you by God, but it's your choice as to how you use it. Joshua and Caleb used their imagination seeing great victory. victory. The 10 used their imagination. I know that's not 10. Just do twice, okay? The 10 <laughs> used their imaginations to see great defeat. And they were saying we're only reporting the facts. There are walled cities. That's right. There are giants. We are reporting the facts. Yeah, that's right. Well, what those do you hear facts today? are not the truth. That's right. What do you hear today? The media is... And, and and it's not always facts, but that's another that's another issue. But don't listen to the masses. Listen to the word of God. He's already prepared the way. You may not see it, but I'll guarantee you it's already been prepared. 
Now, we see God's end result there in verse 21, or end desire, in, uh, in verse 21 there of Deuteronomy chapter 11. And he just spells it out. He says, you know, you do, this, is the, this is the promised land um, that your days may be multiplied and the days of your children in this land, in this promised land, which the Lord swore unto your fathers to give you as the days of heaven upon the earth. That's the Lord's goal is for us to live days of heaven right here on this earth right now in the baptism of the Holy Spirit we talked about. But the question is, you know, a lot of arguments is, well, those, you know, that was for the Israelis. Right. It's a lot of people have that mindset that they were God's chosen people, which they were, but they were under the old covenant. And they think, well, they had something we'll never have or can never have. And we've already seen, number one, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, that these things were types and shadows, examples for us and admonitions that we are to learn from. But let's go ahead and establish, the question arises, are the days of heaven uh, available for us today on this earth? And I say that the answer is emphatically yes. Again, emphatically yes. These are supposed to be ours today. There's several reasons for this and we're going to get through probably a couple of them today and then next week we'll go on into more of them but number one we have a better covenant turn over to hebrews chapter 8 hebrews chapter 8 and let's see oh we'll just start in verse one now of the things which we have spoken this is the sum we have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Glory to God. A minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices Wherefore, it is of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer. For if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law, who serve unto the example and the shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. So we're right back here in these types and shadows that we're talking about. But now... For see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. But now, <laughs> right now in our covenant, in the days of the Holy Spirit, hath he obtained a more excellent ministry. Jesus, our high priest, has obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant which was established upon better. better promises. So the promised land was good, and it was promised, but we have better promises. Number two, and we're just going to get to this one today. Israel was servants. They were servants. Look at Leviticus chapter 25, and we're just going to look at two verses real quick. Go on down towards the end of the chapter. Uh, Leviticus chapter 25 and verse 42. For they, Israel, 
are my servants which I brought forth out of the land of Egypt, that they shall not be sold as bondsmen. And then look on down at verse 55. For unto me the children of Israel are servants. They are my servants whom I brought forth out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Now look with me. You have First John. First John, mm-hmm. John three verses one and two. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. We are the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know what when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for he we shall see him as he is. Glory to God. So we are sons, but let's go and get it out of the mouth of the second witness. Go and look at Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, and we're going to look at uh, verse starting in verse 4. But when he, when, when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, saying, Abba, Father, wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. Well, if the promised land was for the servants, how much more for the sons? But you have to be a son for this to qualify. So, in order to do that, just stay with me because we're going to tell you how right now. I want to read you something out of Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 12 says, In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith of him, talking about Jesus. Wherefore, I desire that you faint not at my tribulation for you, which is your glory for this cause. I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Today, I want to invite you to become part of the family with all of the family rights and privileges. Well, how do you do that? Well, I'm glad you asked because it's right here in Romans chapter 10. That if thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It is that easy. It wasn't easy for Jesus. He went through hell to provide it for you, but it's that easy for us. Come join the family today. Just say this, Father, I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead. And right now I make confession with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord. Take my life, sir and do something with it. It's that easy. 
In the name of Jesus, you have just been named with the name of God. Welcome to the family. Thank you, partners and friends, for helping make these broadcasts possible. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, be sure to follow us on Instagram, and you can also listen to our broadcasts on iTunes. Contact us at davidweeder.org or call us at 1-800-988-5380 to send praise reports, request prayer, or for more information about our ministry and how to become a partner.